0: Hello, I'm stand-up comedian Kiri Pritchard-McLean here to tell you that I'm on tour with my brand new show, Home Truths. I'm going all over the country, wherever will have me. I'm touring right through the spring and then because some of you lovely lot have bought so many tickets, I'm now getting to tour for the whole of autumn as well. If you would like to get tickets, they're all available on my website or you can go to littlewonder.co.uk and get tickets there. I can't wait to see you and I don't want to brag, but I've got one hell of an outfit. And welcome to the final episode in this series of Who Are You Wearing? I'm Kiri Pritchard-McLean. I am a comedian that loves clothes almost as much as I love to ask iconically outfitted people where they got them from. <laughs> My final guest of this series oh, is such a gem of a woman. It is the delightful Joe Brand. Hilarious as well. I always feel like I should, like, don't leave out Hilarious because she's so, so funny. Now, I want to say off the bat, that joe is such an open book in ways that i think other folk who've been as famous as she has for as long as she has just aren't she's always been so kind and so warm when i've met her on tv records and i honestly just can't speak highly enough when it comes to her i think she and jenny eclair in particular just shouldered so much shit to make it much easier for female comics like myself to come in their shadows, standing on the shoulders of giants, I think the phrase is, and the fact that she just wears it all so lightly uh, is just great. When it comes to Joe's style, we're gonna track her through many incarnations through the years of being a lazy punk, um, being a hippie who has a bra bought for them, incredible stuff, and catching a pair of pants on stage iconic (laughs) now this conversation was recorded in april of 2022 it goes everywhere so there is lots of chats about you know full-on stuff mental health weight loss homophobia sexual harassment basically all the lived experiences you expect to come from an ex-mental health nurse turned stand-up comedian i honestly think you guys are going to love this episode as much as i loved recording it i'm hanging off her every word and please enjoy me asking joe brand who are you wearing
1: Well I certainly remember what I felt like putting on clothes that pleased somebody else and um, I was probably about four or five and um, we lived for a while and I don't know why my mum and dad moved there but we lived in one of those modern closes that was a bit like sort of Stepford wifey (laughs) and we knew all the other families in it and my dad had a friend called Roy. I remember I had this. It was quite a new sort of summer dress on. It was sort of white with little flowers on. Not my choice. And um, I bumped into him outside our house, and he said to me, "Oh, Joe, you look so pretty today." And I said, "And I do regret it. Yes, I do. Don't I?" <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> And that was like a massive source of amusement to my family for you know, for years because of course he went and told my mum and dad what I'd said and they had to go laugh about it. But it also made me feel uncomfortable. I kinda of didn't like him doing that. I, I mean, I don't think I thought he was a pervy before, but it kinda of came across, even at that very young age, as a bit pervy to be honest. I don't know whether that instilled itself into my unconscious that I, from then on, had to look like some kind of drag-addled punk. Um, but you know, it—you uh, know—I've never liked. I've had, it's weird, really, that I've never really liked kind of pretty things, or I don't know. And I think going hand in hand with that, when I was about um, seventeen, I lost absolutely loads of weight. I went on a boiled egg diet for three Ooh. weeks. I oh know it was grim. Well, grim for everyone around me. But I lost. <laughs> I probably lost about three stone. And this guy that we were really friendly with, who was a real laugh, who I used to work in a wine bar, and he used to work in a place opposite. Just started really perving up to me after I lost all the weight. Whereas, like before, I'd kind of been one of the lads, mm. you know, and I had a laugh with him. And he sort of asked me out on a date, and I was like what fuck do you think you're doing you know <laughs> I want to be your mate and have a laugh I don't want you like he did really treat me differently so another little thing inside my head went right put that weight all back on you know because because it just didn't suit me to have to have people like him you know
0: yeah so uh, so th- this is happening like at quite a quite young age then so so did you have did that that little interaction at four did that echo through how you would dress moving forward like did you have a strong sense of style of of how you wanted to look
1: well I think because I was the middle child of two brothers I didn't really because we we had a mainly rural upbringing so a lot of the time we were falling in ponds or (laughs) being chased by wasps or going fishing or whatever it was And so nothing nice would ever last 10 minutes. And, uh, you know, so I just kind of got used to just sort of wearing a version of what they were wearing, really. And, you know, my mum was kind of a a very sort of strong feminist and all through my childhood, I wasn't really allowed to, to have or to do girly things like everyone else. So I wasn't allowed to have a Barbie when everyone else had one, and I wasn't allowed to read Jackie magazine, which was, I don't know if you ever saw that, yeah. but it was, yeah, uh, named, after, named after Jacqueline Wilson, rather bizarrely, because she worked in the office when she was 16, but, um, yeah, it's wow. weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So I had to have Bunty, which was like Enid Blyton's version of reality, which was all <laughs> four girls at private school called the Four Marys who looked like <laughs> even frumpier than I did. It was appalling, but that's what I was allowed. So I kind of got the message over the years, you know, and uh, I think that really influenced the way that I look.
0: Yeah, I am the youngest of three and two boys, and so I and I grew up on a farm. So it, was, it sounds everything was kind of practical and a bit utilitarian and, and nothing... I'd have like one outfit for best and the rest of everything was for the farm because it would just get wrecked immediately.
1: Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Well who was dressing you then? Was it was it mum or was it hand-me-downs or is it a bit of or, or were you picking out what you wanted to wear? Well, it was it was
1: me, but I was wearing quite a lot of my brothers' things as well, like T shirts and jumpers, you know. We were fairly sort of interchangeable at that age. So yeah, when we all turned around, you couldn't tell the difference
0: really. <laughs> Um, were you ever made to wear something, then, an item of clothing as a kid that you hated?
1: I think it was, like, a, a dress that my mum had bought for some occasion. But it had kind of... Um, I suppose it was, like, quite quite sort of 60s, the sort of thing Twiggy Ho-Ho would, would wear. It had kind of geometric shapes on it, mm. and I just really didn't like it. And I didn't think it suited me, and by that point, I just... I was just starting to feel much more comfortable as a scruff so you know it was all that stuff that goes with it which is like whatever the occasion was I can't remember now but it I think it was something to do with the local church or something because my best friend's dad was the vicar which is unfortunate um and it was all that kind of like oh don't spill anything on it and did you know what I mean that Mm. thing that you have to be mindful of (laughs) now it's again don't bend over in case case someone sees you have nicks you know
0: just like
1: (laughs) please it's so and even to this day I find dressing up for example for 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 TV or Mm. um you you know for I don't really go to any awards ceremonies because I can't I can't bear the way you're sort of scrutinised as a, as a kind of, you know, public figure. Um, (laughs) When I went to the BAFTAs and, and I actually won one for getting on, which was brilliant. Um, I just, I don't know why I looked at social media about it, but I had like a tartan kind of long floaty thing on and someone had, (laughs) Joe Brown was wearing tartan, dear oh dear. (laughs) That's the sort of thing I don't like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just sort of in many ways, when I was on the circuit, I just wore like black leggings and a black Mm T-shirt. And I really noticed another thing as well with with like, um, you know, a lot of female comics that were around at the time, and there were only a handful of them really. If they made an effort and dressed up, the heckling was all about how they looked and how you know show us your tits and all that sort of thing whereas i kind of got oh lesbian and i just preferred that because it was easier to deal with you yeah. know
0: that's so interesting that it's um especially as like not that i'm saying that those women were dressing to please men but they are certainly falling into the you know if you're dressing to be deemed more sexually attractive that's more like accepted by society and they're being punished for it by having their sensuality like weaponized against them it's just this impossible minefield of you know there's no way that you could have looked without getting abuse basically
1: absolutely and all accompanied by the headline women aren't funny you know which which was why i think a lot of blokes in the audience their default position was to comment on their attractiveness not Mm. on what they were saying, which was really frustrating.
0: Yeah, well, also because if you're making a room full of people laugh, the, the kind of person who would take issue with that and wouldn't even know why that they found that, you know, especially if they're one of their religious <laughs> pillars of their religious belief system is that women aren't funny, is then all you've got to go on is people's appearance, isn't it? It's so important.
1: Totally, and I, and I think that is. I mean, you know, it's all. It's also what a lot of men who size up women in public go on as well mm. because they don't know them and that you know i mean i know it's such a tedious kind of feminist trope but l- like objectifying women by their appearance is such a shallow and awful thing to do in my opinion mm-hmm. and to be honest i suppose i've learned over the years that i'd rather look shit than look lovely um, because i've compared my experiences in many ways, to I have had some really, really brilliant friends who were absolutely gorgeous, and I didn't like the way that they that they had to negotiate their way through all that. It was kind mm. of, in a way, it was. I wanted to be noticed because of what I said, you know, not what I looked like, and that was hard for a woman mm. then. And I think in some ways it still is, in a way. But it's much more sort of democratic than it mm. was, I suppose. Much better. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think even... I haven't been in comedy that long. You know, I've been doing it like two 11, 12 years. But I've noticed a change from... that Like, the female comics I know are much more happy to be very glamorous on stage. And it's sort of... The people in the audience are seen to be dicks if they make a comment about it. Whereas when I started you know, the advice you get, well, you're, you're inviting it. If you dress like that, what do you think people are going to say? That's Whereas there's crazy. a lot, yeah, a lot less of that now. And um, also, I, I mean, I feel like I have to say it, but like the, the, the way you're talking about it, like uh, like well, the reason I'm talking to you is I always think that you look great. Um, but the way you're talking about yourself is like that that's not what you present. But from my I always think you look absolutely cracking. That's why we're having the chat. I just feel like I needed to say it. Oh, well, that's
1: lovely of you to say. And that is all down to um, a wardrobe person called Karen Jackson uh, because she does um, Extra Slice and she also does Have I Got News For You. And what happens with, with those shows is that, I mean, I can, I can remember in the very old days, like doing Friday Night Live and that, you know, that then sort of obviously look at me and thinking, oh, God, we've allowed her to dress herself, and she looks like
0: <laughs>
1: Robert Smith from The Cure. And <laughs> so over the years, you know, when, when you kind of move along um, a level or whatever, you get people that choose things for you. Mm. Uh, and to be honest, what Karen chooses is not what I would choose myself uh, because I wouldn't choose anything that was that posh or that nice I would just I've got this friend and I totally agree with her when she sees the t-shirt she likes and it's normally a black one she buys five of them and <laughs> then she buys five skirts or five you know jeans or whatever it is and then that's all she wears and I really understand it because it makes life so simple mm. um, but You know, I can remember sort of, you know, little sort of discussions that I kind of overheard about the way that I looked and couldn't they make me get, you know, be a bit more, I don't know what they were, what they were after. Feminine, pretty, you know, like like people would say to me, oh, you should wear... Lots of different colours, and I was thinking, oh, Christ, all right, then. Okay. I mean, if you choose it, all right, I'll wear it, unless it looks absolutely ridiculous, which on occasions things have. I remember some quiz show on ITV. They gave me a pair of, like, five-inch heels, and I just said, and, and then they expected me to go down the stairs in them, and I just said, there is no way that I'm <laughs> going to get to the bottom of the stairs without having to go to A&E, because, you know, it's... <laughs> So it's those sort of things. So really, you know, a lot of the stuff I wear, I love Karen and I, and, and I know that what she picks for me does look nice, because mm. my daughters say it does, and they, they don't often say that sort of thing. <laughs> um, not, sorry, not when they see me with what I've got on now, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know. So oh, it's kind of, yeah, down to her, really.
0: An item of clothing or an outfit that you never wanted to take off as a kid
1: um well i it was a I, it was an anorak would you believe it was bright red and it was sort of a padded thing and i just really really liked it and it had a hood and i love hoods as well i am a hoodie <laughs> by nature because i just used to i suppose when you know when i was younger i kind of liked hanging around with my brothers and and mucking about and I didn't really want people to sort of focus on the fact that I was a girl Mm because I just wanted to be sort of look like them a bit and just go and do all the things that they did really Mm. I was always hopeless at school at needlework and all, all the feminine things they made us do when we were at school I wanted to do woodwork you know and yeah and all the exciting things
0: did you did you associate being a boy or certainly being unrecognizable as a girl did it represent a sort of a freedom then to just crack on and do what you wanted and do the things you're interested in
1: totally and i think that's what it was all about really it just sort of shoved who you are and what you look like and how you're supposed to be totally to one side mm. i mean it's very interesting actually because my mum has a photo of herself with with like eight of her friends when she's probably about 19 and they've all got exactly the same style kind of full 50s dresses on mm. really similar shoes and identical kind of hair <laughs> that they're, they're like a sort of a uniform you know like mm. a sort of all in uniform and um they do look amazing But God, achieving that look, I don't really know how she did it. She didn't keep it up for very long, you know. Not in the later years, thankfully.
0: (laughs) I wanted to ask you, when you were growing up as a teenager, what were the big trends that were going on? And did you dabble in them or were you you still off doing your own thing? Um, Well, the big
1: trends were, first of all, there was, I'm afraid to say, there was like a skinhead sort of trend when I was at at school, first of all, and um, my mate Paula was very invested in that. so she had like a tonic suit and a, and like monkey boots. and um, I love monkey boots, by the way. I think I think they're great. yeah, and um sort of spiky short hair. and she looked amazing. and I sort of did a version of that, you know it's the same that I did with punk really. I didn't mm-hmm. I couldn't be bothered to go the whole hog. I just did a version of it there was easy to achieve
0: well, I always think that about punk there's to do it well I'm like god you must spend about four hours getting ready you know when you see people with like an enormous like you know when they've just got the head and the middle and it's about a foot high Absolutely. and I'm like to straighten that with you know and then lacquer it in place and then just there's so much going on with punk attaching yourself to different bits of yourself it's like that is a high effort look
1: <laughs> it really is so rather than stick a you know, like um, uh, kind of safety pin through my nose. I just like put one on my earring, you know, <laughs> so it kind of nodded to punk, but didn't involve the same possible septicemia as, <laughs> <laughs> as the other one did. So yeah. And then later on in life, I'm afraid I went kind of hippie-ish really. So it was all like, Loons, which were like you know very flared jeans, mm-hmm. Laura Ashley skirts, no bra. In fact, <laughs> to the to the point that my one of my best friends' mum actually bought me two bras because she was worried about the the road I was <laughs> heading down.
0: <laughs> That's such a um, I think an inadvertent compliment to your chest is that. Is that to have- <laughs> Sort of outside intervention. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely,
1: absolutely. I was quite embarrassed actually, I remember because she said, "Oh, you go go and put it on, and we so we can all see what it looks like." And I was like, "Oh my god, this this must be what it's like." No, not exactly, but what, what it must be like—sort of being a Miss World or being yep. in a swimsuit competition. <laughs> yes. Ta-da!
0: Oh, god, that is such. Stepping back from that, it's such a strange thing to do to give like a young woman like go he go and put this bra on because I've decided I'm going to police your tits then come downstairs and show us how your tits look better.
1: (laughs) I know thankfully the brothers who uh well they're a bit older they were fishermen and fishermen I don't know if you know many but they're quite rowdy and and um vocal um yeah thankfully they weren't there so (laughs) because I think she would have invited them to have a look if they had been so that was a relief.
0: Did you have a rebellious phase when you were growing up, and and if so, did it show up in your clothes?
1: Uh, yeah, well, that was the point at which I was doing kind of the hippie thing, and I didn't really wear shoes either very often, and uh, that's obviously when my feet got tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah used to walk around like town with no shoes on. Oh
0: my um, gosh, really?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Glass Do or dog poo or.
1: Never got any dog poo or any glass. I don't know why. Obviously, it's so dainty that I managed to trip in between it all. But um, <laughs> yeah, and my parents really hated my look then because it was just scruffy, and mm. you know, um, and and I, that all culminated in my dad burning all my clothes. So um, what? yeah, yeah. Well, very briefly, I had a boyfriend that they that they didn't like and I wasn't really working at school and la 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 all the rest of it and um that was because they'd moved me to a different school I didn't want to go to so anyway um it all culminated in my dad who was never you know um someone to take things kind of in a relaxed fashion um just really lost his temper one day uh with me having stayed out late or something Mm. or other I can't remember what it was and just went in the garden put all my got all my clothes out of my wardrobe my drawers everything put them on the lawn pour petrol over them and then set fire to the whole lot yeah what i know
0: that is unreal how did you react
1: um well i was i wasn't <laughs> best pleased yes. shall we say uh because i kind of felt comfortable in those clothes and then rather interestingly, my mum went to M&S and got me a sort of respectable set of, like, pinafore dresses and cardigans and stuff like that, you know. So, but thankfully, not long after that, they, they chucked me out of home, so I didn't have to bother anymore with all that clothes stuff.
0: I can't believe you're saying thankfully. That's, um. well, that's absolutely wild. It just seems to me from having this chat, like, since you've been a kid, it's been this a negotiation of how you want to be and how the world expects or demands you to be does it does it feel like that from your experience as well
1: yeah I suppose it does you know and I I particularly like comparing it to my daughter these days like my um oldest daughter Maisie is um she's a a singer songwriter she's had like an odd couple of um she's not they're not odd. I mean, she's the old couple of singles out, mm-hmm. and she looks very different from me. And she dresses beautifully, and she loves shopping. And you know, I I brought up this alien <laughs> fashion wise. I anyway, mean, and, and I think she looks gorgeous, but I just couldn't be bothered myself to to spend the time because, you know, I I I. I just get kind of in shops, I just don't like it, particularly I can't bear shopping for clothes, Mm. Um, so I'm always buying stuff online that doesn't fit, but I can't be asked to send it back so (laughs) I just wear it anyway, you know, I'm really, I'm really the antithesis of what people's expectations are of kind of, you know, Mm. one end of the spectrum of women, shall I say, I'm kind of right the other end.
0: The style that we associate you with now, baggy and Dr. Martin's and lots of black, you know, that like iconic, because there's pictures of you from a comedy club that I used to work in um, called the Frog and Bucket and they have all, all press shots of everybody up from, you know, all over. And there's some really iconic, I think you've got stripy trousers on. Um, oh, I love one, those
1: trousers. Yeah, oh Clowns gosh. trousers.
0: <laughs> amazing, amazing. But like that sort of like, that look there's definitely it's not exactly the same today but it's not hugely how you dress now is not hugely removed in my eyes you you can see the journey so that style when did that start showing up
1: well I think that was that was again when I kind of wore those clothes um you know from when I kind of went to university and then started working as a nurse and um that was frowned upon when I was a nurse because, as a mental health nurse, you wear your own clothes to work. Mm. And I managed by nefarious means to get hold of a report um, about myself. Um, and um, one of the sentences in it was um, uh, Joe jo Brand will never be promoted because she dresses too Oxfam. And I know that's what Whoa. the senior, yeah, I know. So, um, I, was, I couldn't obviously complain about it because i wasn't even supposed to be saying it so yeah. and then at one point one of the senior nursing officers said to me you know you've you've got to dress a bit more professionally at work mm. and um she actually said this she said have you thought about a twin set and i went <laughs> and like pearls as well um and I, it, re- it really, really pissed me off, that did, because I thought I was, I was good at my job. I was in charge of the department. I'd never had any complaints about the way I looked. All right, I didn't, you know, I didn't wear kind of grown up clothes. I wore sort of, you know, like I had one sort of parachute suit that I used to wear to work, which was like gray. It was lovely. And I thought it looked fine. Um. So anyway, I I went to her office and resigned Wow. And said, "I'm, you know, it's not fair. You're not judging me on my work at all. Mm-hmm. You're just judging me on my appearance, and I'm not going to put up with that." And then I walking back to the the emergency clinic where I worked. I was thinking, "Oh shit, you know, what, what have I done?" Um, and weirdly, I just kind of went home that night and sort of slept on it and thought, oh, "What should I do? Should I take it back?" And then the next morning, she came down and said. I'm very sorry about what I said and we we want you to stay so oh
0: wow
1: there's a little victory
0: yeah <laughs> absolutely a yeah uh, can I ask it? so working on this wall, I can see how the um your colleagues or people around you reacted did, did did patients have any kind of reaction to what you're wearing
1: um no not really I mean because I, I think you know it was a weird place, South East London in the in the 80s. And it was a real brilliant kind of cultural mix. Mm. And people sort of pretty much wore what they liked. So nobody cared, quite mm. honestly. And I think in many ways it actually made you um, less intimidating if you just looked like everyone else did, really.
0: Can I ask, do you think of makeup and hair as part of your outfit as well?
1: Uh, Yeah, I do, really. I mean, particularly, like, when I was, when I first started out, I used to wear very bright red lipstick and have, like, massive hair. And I think that was just a kind of, just a contrast to what people's expectations were, in a way, because they used to look at my clothes and think, you know, well, well. let's face it, in those days, what I was wearing, people would just shout at me, you're a lesbian, you know, like that was an insult, I didn't care, because it, was wrong, you know, um, <laughs> but it was just a sort of, it was to kind of counteract that in a way, and, and just piss them off, I suppose. It's like the thing with cakes, like people used to go, oh God, you just go on about cakes all the time. I did that deliberately because, you know, at the time, um, so you'd see ads of people eating cakes and they were all like six and a half stone. <laughs> well, I can tell you that if you eat a lot of cakes, you don't weigh six and a half stone. <laughs> so I just used to enjoy doing that to kind of wind people up, really, I suppose. <laughs>
0: That's great. Y- your hair's changed as well because, like, like I said, there's early um pictures that it's it's huge it's amazing it's like structural what made you change the color and scale scale down
1: well I, i i scaled down because really i like my hair really short and um the reason that i dyed it red um well i've uh basically had a lot of problems with hair dye i um i dyed it um like back in the 80s, I think. Um, no, it would have been, no, it would have been, yeah, late 80s. Um, dyed it without testing, doing a patch test. Patch tests are for yeah. wimps. Ended <laughs> up Ended up in hospital for a week. So yeah. I went to the hair, the guy that cuts my hair, and he said, well, you know, we can make something up that's like a bit sort of hennerish that won't mm. send you to A&E. <laughs> and so it to some extent, and he sort of said, well, would you want to try red? And I'm like, yeah, all right then, you know. I um, didn't think about it very much. And so ever since then, they just make the same mixture up for me. So it's the same every time.
0: I thought it's because it's quite punk. I think red hair is quite a punk thing to have, but it turns out it's because it's a, you have a severe reaction to anything else. So.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I'm sure I could get other colours in it, but, y- you know, my mottos are, can't be asked. that's my main (laughs) motto and fuck fuck it it's only a benefit which people would be outraged by but you know uh, it it used to kind of help me a bit if I was doing a gig that I was a bit scared of the people that I've never met before who for a charity and you know I thought well I'm not getting paid so I've got (laughs) I've got a bit more license to be a bit shit (laughs) tonight I know that's awful. I've got the morals of a god knows what when I'm working, but anyway, yeah.
0: <laughs> Again, get them on t-shirts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Absolutely.
0: I can see you striding out to do a, a fundraiser with buckets, be a benefit on a t-shirt.
1: See, <laughs> that is a great idea. That is a great idea. And yes, I'm going to market one to you. Um, but can I just say? But I, I do. I love the way you dress. I think. I think it's so brilliantly kind of a mix of different things like showbiz and in your face and you know and fuck you basically as well and uh, good for you because I think a a lot of women do feel that they've got to adhere to some sort of code.
0: I wanted to ask you have you got an item of clothing that you put on that you instantly feel fantastic in?
1: Well, yeah, I actually got it really recently. I, I, do, I've, I feel fantastic in it for the wrong reasons. It's like one of those big fluffy hoodie things that looks like you're wearing a sheep and it's kind of like half blanket, half, you know, half garment. <laughs> and just, I'm afraid that I... Um, started smoking again during lockdown because I was so stressed by my life and so I used to I can't smoke in the house obviously so I just used to like put that on and go out in the garden and and it would be just like having a big hug while you're having a fag (laughs) sorry I shouldn't be saying any of this I know it's like almost like taking heroin these days isn't it smoking but yeah I think
0: if all you did was take up smoking during the pandemic, I, I think you're absolutely fine. If that was your coping mechanism and um, having a nice big hoodie and a, and a cig, I think it's absolutely fine. <laughs>
1: oh, it was lovely.
0: Um, Still is. <laughs> <laughs> I, do you, I bet it reeks, though. No offence <laughs> if that's your smoking hoodie. Well,
1: no, because I've also rediscovered. Um, patchouli. Do you know, do you remember that from the 70s? No. Well, it was a very strong perfume that hippies used to use. And the oh. main reason they used it was because they didn't have to have to wash so often because it absolutely trumped everything. And um, I remember this friend of mine, <laughs> this is like years ago, taking her bike to be mended. And um, the when she went to collect it the guy said oh god your bike saddle hmm, smells amazing <laughs> she was she's was like what is what is he talking about and basically it's because she'd a few days before she'd worn the same nicks for a bit longer than she should have done and just squirted them with patchouli <laughs> <laughs> I should do a series on women and their awful shortcuts <laughs> definition.
0: <laughs> I know what you With, mean of patchouli oil. When you go in yeah, like hippie shops, it, it smells. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah I know so that. Sort of
1: that just sticky smell, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Oh, I do like that, yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant.
0: Um, so you
1: Sorry you, about that story.
0: No, it's brilliant. It? <laughs> also, my um judgment is all on the guy who's smelling the seat saddle and no one else.
1: Absolutely. Totally. <laughs> what was that all about? I know, I know.
0: A little perk of the job there. Terrified.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's all sort of think about that. Oh God, that could be taken to so many. Well, I have to tell you, people do ask women to send them their pants, don't they?
0: Mm-hmm. Do you yep. know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Uh, have you ever had any male pants thrown at you?
0: No, I haven't. Do you know what? When I was skint in university, though, I got—I was in university when that first credit crunch was in 2009. I got made redundant, and because I used to pay for my own uni, I was absolutely fucked for money because I was that my job went and I couldn't get my wages. Oh it took them about eighteen months to get my wages, and I was just living hand to mouth, paying for everything. So I tried to sell my dirty knickers on the internet to try and make some money. And I tried to sell my eggs as well. because well, I was Well, like,
1: your eggs, what? not the ones in the fridge, you mean? No, no, the, the ones yeah. in me,
0: yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Do you
1: know what? You've got to be, um, you know, you've got to think outside the box. I admire you for that, you know. <laughs> Thank did you, you. Did you sell any of your knicks?
0: <laughs> no one wanted them, which is the worst thing.
1: Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I don't know it's... why. I think you were obviously advertising... Were you advertising on Exchange and Mart or something? No,
0: genuinely. I was on, because I couldn't afford anything, I was on Gumtree, which is like a free listings oh, okay. website, oh, which right. is not where the money is, Joe.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> Fair dues. Oh, what a shame. What a shame.
0: Um, I got was of actually, the job. All I can. Well,
1: I'm glad. Yeah. it's You have to be imaginative, don't you, in those
0: circumstances?
1: <laughs> I mean, I did, I got blokes threw a pair of his pants at me once when i was on stage what yeah in belfast uh who knows why but anyway um they came straight towards me so i put my hand up and caught them they were blue Y fronts <laughs> and the worst light blue and the worst thing about them was they were still warm oh <laughs> <laughs> so he's,
0: he's not brought a stunt pair those he's whipped them off in the he's audience. whipped
1: them off absolutely <laughs> from the bat, and he threw them from the balcony as well oh so. my
0: gosh <laughs> <laughs> oh well oh. um that is so chilling what's your relationship like with shopping you said you do it online is it ever in person or do you just feel and you do you dread it or are you like in and out are you efficient
1: it's not. No, I'm not very efficient, but I also get bored really quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so whereas some people would go along loads of racks of clothes, I do half a one, and I just want to go to the cafe, <laughs> you know, or or go and look in a bookshop or something like that. So, um, no, I can't remember the last time I went clothes shopping. Uh, I thought probably oh, I can't be that long ago. Maybe it was with Trini and Susanna they made me go shopping with them. It was oh, awful. Yes. Yeah.
0: I remember that. Yeah. So do you do it online then?
1: Um I either do it online or I I have the lovely Karen Jackson mm. who so Karen Jackson does like smart clothes that I wear to gigs, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on telly and then all my other stuff, yeah, I'm ashamed to say it's pretty much online. I mean, obviously that has its pitfalls because things are di- very different sizes, aren't they? So sometimes yeah. I'll I'll get a, a black T-shirt it's like a tent, which I'm very pleased about because I love <laughs> tenty things. Or I'll get one that's a bit too fitted for comfort and probably more suitable for a 12-year-old boy. But, you know, it's, it's just the kind of stuff you have to put up with
0: (laughs) I wanted to ask you do you see your style changing again or evolving forward more as you get older or do you think this is it this is the look
1: um I I think I'll sort of stay where I am probably unless I get to the stage where I can't put trousers on anymore in which case I'll just leave them off and wear (laughs) a bigger bigger t-shirt but um I mean, I must say, like, I think I mentioned, did I mention Miriam Margolyes earlier? I love the way she dresses mm. because she, she just has a version of the same thing all the time, you know, which is kind of summery dresses that just suit her. Mm. And I think she looks great. And um, so I probably will keep on, you know, wearing a version of, of what I wear, really. I quite like the idea of being in an old people's home with a black T-shirt and leggings on. I mean, because <laughs> it's not exactly the style of the day, is it, really, in uh, <laughs> residential places. Um, but I, I'm slogan T-shirts is like, yeah, that's sitting in my mind. I might get a few of them.
0: Oh, I'd love fuck, to see that.
1: Fuck off, I'm not dead yet, maybe, or... <laughs> in fact the only one that i've ever got that i really really wear a lot is a is a t-shirt that says um angry feminist killjoy or something like that angry bitter feminist killjoy which which i really like because i like to do that thing of where that's what people actually probably think I am, you know. And so <laughs> it's kind of like the double bluffy thing. But yeah, anyway, they probably just think, oh, how someone persuaded her to wear that. But
0: uh... <laughs> oh, Joe can't read. <laughs> <laughs> really
1: illiterate. I knew it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so is there an item of clothing you can always see yourself wearing, whether that's like black leggings or an actual particular thing that you own?
1: Um, I. I've got a jumper that I've hung on to for years, which I knitted at university when I was depressed. So I think I'd probably take that with me and just, you know, it looks awful because it's so old and holy now, but I made it myself. And I'm the only other thing that I've really knitted is I knitted a hat for uh, Tom Allen during lockdown. Oh, And um, it's awful, but he very sweetly wears it from time to time. So... um,
0: (laughs) That's so charming. Are there any trends in fashion that you're hoping never come back that you're happy to see the back of?
1: Um, Well, I would say um, anything that restricts women's movement too much. So, um, I mean, I I think big shoes are probably a no-no for me like massive ones you know like sex in the city type shoes Mm. Um, because I just think well first of all you can't run away you know if if something happens like if you're walking home in those and there's a stretch that you're doing on your own and you hear footsteps behind you Well, you could do what happened in that film, single white female, and take one off and smack someone in the eye with it and try and take (laughs) their eye out. But, you know, it's those sorts of things. And I think things which restrict women's movement are, like, corsets. I hope they never come back again. They're back. You know. They're
0: back at the moment.
1: Yeah, oh, that's true. On the outside, though, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, 18-hour girdles then. (laughs) Well, well, what are they called? Shapewear, but they're not quite as, they don't actually squeeze your vital organs Mm -hmm. out of your navel quite in the way that that they used to. Um, Yeah, anything tight and anything, you know, that's just me being sort of personally resentful that I never achieved six and a half stone even when I was two. (laughs) <laughs> so you know yeah
0: I think you're so right that's do you know what that's something that I I don't know I haven't made the link before but the the restriction of women and also how vulnerable it makes them like if you can't like you say run if you can't breathe to you know to l- literally express yourself or speak or you know there's wiggle dresses that are so tight and it's like you w- you can't get away from people. You couldn't even get away from a conversation you didn't like. But again, it's all about restricting women, isn't it?
1: I think it is really. And I kind of understand why women that have beautiful bodies and look lovely, uh, want, want to look like that. And I'm not kind of, you know, I'm not one of those kind of feminists. Oh, we've all got to wear jeans and say many shit. Um, Although people think I am, but I'm really (laughs) not. Um, But, there again, on the other hand, it, it's not a choice that I'd make, but also I think it, it says something about society that women are kind of encouraged down that road. I mean, if you look at, like, my daughter's on TikTok quite a lot, you know, it's kind of interesting how mm. people want to, want to be seen, really.
0: Um, final question. It could be seen as quite a sad one, but I'm, I'm taking it as celebratory. Um, so um, what would you like to be buried in?
1: Oh, crikey. <laughs> well, wow. um, something hilarious, Cla- a clown's outfit or um, <laughs> uh, like a really ornate wedding dress, which I never wore. Um, what else? Bikini. Like
0: Princess Bikini Diana.
1: That I pissed them off. Yeah. Prin- <laughs> Princess Diana. Oh, yes. That would be marvellous as well. Yeah. Um, Or just a coat made of worm food.
0: (laughs) I I think that's technically your body.
1: (laughs) Yes, no, you're right. Actually, don't need to put anything more attractive on top. Although it would cheer the worms up if I had a few bags of chips around my neck or you know. They must get bored. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, not not bothered. Something that might entertain people if I got dug up by the foxes slightly prematurely
0: (laughs) or if your name gets uh, drawn into any crimes and you get (laughs) exhumed
1: yes exactly and I am planning that when I'm older
0: (laughs) so that was Joe Brand let me tell you there is nothing like hearing one of your comedy icons saying that she likes how you dress to really put a spring in your step oh my god what what a lovely thing to say do you know what aren't compliments nice <laughs> I know that's a daft thing to say but I've started trying to when uh, I'm out and about if I see someone with a great outfit I'll always try and compliment them I was in I was in Liverpool the other day and I was um going to the food section in the M&S and you walk through the main shop and there was a girl on the shop floor they had such a great outfit on she had like this a-line leather skirt and she looked like she was being bollocked by someone that she worked with I just stopped and went I'm so sorry. I've got to say, it's such a good outfit. And then I actually now I don't know if they were because her sort of she looked at her senior and his senior when yeah, it is a really good outfit, isn't it? And I was like, yes, it is absolutely brilliant. So that to hear that from Joe, absolutely amazing. On another note, um, can we please find the man that was sniffing the bike seats and have him retrospectively arrested? It's one of the most chilling things I've ever heard. You know what I keep thinking about from this episode? I've been thinking about it for ages now. It's a really fun one for me, but I guess it's something a bit sad. It's when Jo is talking about being dressed for TV and still feeling like she's pleasing other people. I suppose it just struck a chord in me um, about how much I might be doing that. And, and then you wonder, well, does it ever really go away? Or is it just lesser and greater degrees of pleasing other people? Maybe that's part of being a woman or, you know, being a visible woman. Yeah, I just think it's really interesting. Basically, I won't be happy till we see Jo on stage in a smoking hoodie <laughs> with a cigarette stinking of patchouli oil. <laughs> that's, that's her most, like, her perfect form. Or, um, well, I mean, I just definitely think that there's room for more angry, liberal, feminist, killjoy t-shirts on panel shows. <laughs> or at least extra slice, babes. Pair it with those stripy clown trousers. Yes, please. We're going to be putting up um, pictures that Joe sends us of these items on our Instagram. So go and have a little look over there. We are at Who You, wearing pod. Um, you can also give us an email if you want to say anything. Maybe suggest some guests for next series. Um, sorry, I haven't got to your messages this week. It's been a covid time over here. So you can email us whoyouwearingpodcast at gmail.com. Now then, small business. Every week I bang on about one. This is a business. I have mentioned before in passing, but I thought they're so relevant to this episode because, um, well, I had them written down next to Joe's name for ages. And then when we were chatting, and I keep thinking about those stripy trousers that Joe wore. It's such it's such a good look. I was like, I wonder if I could get some made for her by someone who can like make them in the right material and get them to her size. And so she can be back in her stripy clown trousers. And I was like, I know who I would get to make them. And it's who I get to make lots of stuff for me. It is the amazing twin maid. Twin because it's one half of some twins. Um, the amazing Charlotte, Welsh based as well. So you know, I absolutely love it. Now, how to describe what Twin Maid does? I mentioned what Charlotte does on the episode with Sophie Hagen. So in my instance, I've sent her clothes that I really love and be like, I love the cut of this and how it fits. Can you make a pattern? And she's been like, yes, I can. And then how she's gone like, right, okay, you need three metres of material for this. And then I'll find a bit of dead stock or off cut that i really like and be like just post it down and she'll make stuff similarly i've sat like an old woman on hordes of dead stock material over the years vowing one day that i'm gonna get (laughs) get to grips with the sewing machine i ended up sending it down to her and she's made some amazing stuff with it the woman is a living breathing craft machine Slash skip rat. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. Because she's just able to make something out of nothing. And this is the whole thing. Like she like, I'll give anything a go. She's made some amazing stuff for me. Both of my brothers... One loves heavy metal, has loads of band t-shirts. The other one is a, like, ex-semi-professional rugby player. And they both had all these t-shirts that they loved but didn't want to get rid of. And she's made them into amazing t-shirt quilts for me, which are such good presents. And they're so great. And both my brothers adore those, to the to the point where my heavy metal-loving brother dropped off another bag of stuff and he's like, Oh, if you see your friend again, can I have another blanket? So she's so brilliant. And she'd never made one before. I was like, could you do this? And she was like, I'll give it a go. And the item she's made is absolutely gorgeous. At the moment, if you see me on tour and see me talk about the bum bag on stage, um, she is the incredible woman who's knocking up those for me. And she sent me some prototypes. Basically anything creative that you can think of, go and hit her up. Because also she runs amazing craft workshops. So like make your own dungarees and or just all sorts. Oh yeah, make your own neon signs, and she does a thing called Crappy Craft Club where people just meet up and do like rubbish crafts. But oh god, she's absolutely brilliant, and I've bought loads. Of, I've bought an amazing denim jacket off of, of her, and the I think everything is so competitively priced. She's made me dungarees um, from offcuts of material, and everything I wear of hers. People are like, where did you get that from? Um, because I had those curtains when I was growing up. <laughs> One of my favorite pairs of dungarees, and. Um, so I really want you to go and check out Twin Maid if you're not familiar with her work already. She's just a brilliant woman. And I think if you're looking for confidence um, with like crafting and making, starting with her workshops would be absolutely brilliant. I mean, she has mentioned to me, let me teach her how to use a sewing machine. And one day when i got some time and I'm in South Wales, I'm going to take her up on it. um, Or I might just like, pay her to come to my house it sounds like such a swinger thing though doesn't it come to my house and teach me I do mean just on the sewing machine but that is the amazing twin maid please go and check them out this is it this is the last one in the series um god it's flown by i really appreciate you listening and sharing it and talking about it i've got some gorgeous guests lined up for next series but as i said get in contact if you've got any suggestions and thank you so much for the messages about doing a style icon episode we're going to put one together me and my brill producer so thank you so much for listening oh also thank you i've said it before but thank you so much to all the people who come and say you listen to it when i'm on tour and i meet you afterwards it means so much. Oh, I'm sad to leave you. I don't know when we'll be back. Probably when it's raining. (laughs) Um, See you soon. Bye. Who Are You Wearing is produced by Joe Southard, the artwork is by Maori Phillips, and the music is by Annie Glass. This has been a Little Wonder production.